Hey, this is Chris Jones. I am an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and investor, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and uh, what I like to do is get a full international guest lineup for you. Uh, We don't focus on any particular area, we go anywhere around the world, and actually I've got somebody who qualifies for for a truly international entrepreneur. Uh, He is uh, Toby Ruckert, and he is the CEO and founder of Unified Inbox, and we're going to go through his entrepreneurial journey. He's actually uh, running a company there. And uh, uh, he's got uh, a good explanation of why he's such an international entrepreneur. But uh, Toby, let me uh, first of all welcome you to the App Guy podcast. Hi, Paul. Nice to be here. So I have to ask you, I mean, we did sort of mention you obviously are um, German. Uh, I think you were born in Stuttgart, you said, but you've got this international flavor to your uh, career and your um, past. Perhaps you can start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure, why not? So um, I, you're right, I was born in Stuttgart, um, surrounded by inventors, so to speak. I mean, the first uh, motor vehicle was invented uh, just around five minutes from where I used to grow up. And um, yeah, I had I had a lot of inspiration from great entrepreneurs here in Germany, but uh, it was about 10 years ago when I wanted to live near a beach. I really enjoy the sea and, and the beach, and um, I immigrated to New Zealand. So for about 10 years, I was living in New Zealand. And I loved it. I mean, it's a beautiful country, um, wonderful people, and a really great startup scene. I mean, one of the best places in the world you can start a company. Um, but it's very hard to grow it from there. So I shifted uh, the company to Singapore um, because of that reason. Because I, to me, Singapore is like the Silicon Valley of Asia, and maybe even more than Silicon Valley itself these days, because um, you have Southeast Asia around Singapore, which is growing at phenomenal rates. I mean, when you see the mobile penetration in countries like Indonesia or Thailand or even how Vietnam is coming up, it's just stunning, really. And um, so we set up the headquarter of the company in Singapore. We still have um, our company in um, New Zealand and our other location is India, where we have um, our R&D for the past couple of years. And um, now we have a, a completely owned subsidiary in Stuttgart, my good old hometown in Germany. And um, so I'm, I spend most of my time in Singapore, but I'm going back and forth between all of these locations. Well, you're first of all inspiring me enormously because the reason I set this podcast up was to meet entrepreneurs like yourself that uh, almost treat the world as a global melting pot. And you, you know, I love the fact that you explained that New Zealand is a really good place to uh, start a company from um, guessing it's getting a bit easier now to perhaps grow the company given the you know the the fact that all these borders are breaking down but uh, Singapore as well and then you so you have all these com- these companies some of them are subsidiaries have you uh, done a lot of mergers and acquisitions or is this all organic growth you mean um, what do you mean by mergers and acquisitions what you the, the things uh, that you read in the news um, uh, like? oh, yeah well um, yeah just I'm guessing that did you take over teams and uh, buy buy teams out or, or is it yeah. all, all organic well uh, a bit of both really I mean we're a bit unusual in, in, in that regard frankly speaking a lot of people ask me this so since last year we have acquired three other startups 
and um, and people ask, look, you haven't even fully launched your product yet. What is this? You're 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 buying other companies and you haven't fully launched it. But it's really strategic. So, for example, the the first company we bought um, was purely to get an get an iPhone app, a unified inbox iPhone app, as ready as fast as possible, and um, and and it was faster than building the app from scratch. So that was a that was a speed issue, and um, the second one was purely for the IP that they had, and the third one was actually an acqui hire along with the product that they had developed. So it's a mix of everything, and um, we have our own core team, but. Um, out of these acquisitions, we, we had a few people come to us, yes. Yeah, we've got to be careful then because you did say uh, something you'd read about in the news. I'm guessing that you're sitting on some information there that you possibly can't talk about. Um, that's also true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, um, that's all right. Well, no, this is a, that's why I asked so specifically. <laughs> you got my interest there when you uh, said, oh, is it something you read about? And no, it isn't, but it was just a lucky guess. Bit too early, Paul, to tell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, well. Uh, first of all, congratulations on on building. So, I mean, literally, uh, I, I love the fact that you've been going around um, and and uh, buying up teams and getting talent. Uh, many of my listeners, the Appster Tribe, uh, you know, actually, let's just start with what is Unified Inbox? What it is? What is it you're trying to do, and and the product and services you're bringing to the world? Well. I could give you a very long explanation with all the things that we do, but the simplest one is really we put all your messages in one place. And by doing so, we make it again simple to communicate. It's, it's, it's become complex, you know. You have to open a number of apps um, in order to get uh, on top of your communication. Be it in the enterprise space where you have a lot of notifications from software as a service tools, be it Asana or Basecamp or, you know, whatever it is. Um, then you go in the social space where you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have LinkedIn, if you're using it professionally or Xing in Europe as well. Um, and, and then, of course, you have the traditional methods like email, SMS, voicemail, etc. And now you also have all these chat and messaging apps like uh, WhatsApp, uh, Viber, WeChat, Line, etc. So that's becoming a nightmare for a, for a generation of information workers that's hitting the workforce. And, and my point is, by giving them a unified inbox where everything is in one place, whether it's on the web or the mobile, and it's perfectly synced between all those channels, we can stop those media breaks. Um, we can give them a unified search where they just find what they're looking for. They don't miss any stuff, you know. There is no frantic looking for, oh, did he send me this on, uh, on Facebook or did she send me that as an SMS? It, it doesn't really matter. And... I think for people to become more productive again, um, unified communications will play a vital role uh, in the future. Well, we are a little bit um, expert on this whole process of unified inboxes. We've had uh, a number of people that have been tackling this on the show. Uh, I'm thinking back to uh, Dave Baggett, the uh, the founder of um, uh, one of the founding engineers of Crash Bandicoot. He's got a, a, a mission to try and make email easier. We've had... Uh, uh, people that are trying to bring all these different messages. Relately, I think was another one, uh, and the entrepreneur there, People Connect. It seems to be like uh, an obvious problem that needs solving. And uh, how long have you been working on this this particular problem? Well, I started uh, on my remote island that I was living on in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, uh, it was probably a two-year thinking process before I really... 
um, got to work. I started in 2010 already. This is when I bought the domain name unifiedinbox.com. And um, I'm very brand aware. So I was very concerned about um, betting the, the, the future of the company on such a generic name. But having said this, you know, it's, it's unified communications and nearly every company, nearly every channel partner, so to speak, nearly every telco, ISP, whatever, whatever organization that you can think of working in the telecommunication space, um, there could be a, pot a potential partner. So if your brand is too strong, um, you may not qualify to actually work with them or they may want it OEM and so on. My point was to create a solution that they can simply use as is um, co-branded and where the product really tells the story of what it is that it does. Oh, okay. Let me try and understand the point you were trying to come up, get across there. Uh, and I'm starting to get it is that if we take, for example, Twitter, they'd love you to use the native Twitter ad app or the native Twitter client because uh, the, at the end of the day, if you go and check your messages on there, then you're likely to you know, be contributing to their traffic and also uh, looking at their ads. And I'm guessing that um, some of these uh, communication methods, if you uh, have too strong a brand, then they're a little bit worried about you sort of taking the, the messages away from their their hub. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, Twitter may not be the best example, but um, generally, I mean, generally you're right. You, you just disqualify for some partners if you really try to build a brand that is exclusive. So what we really try to do is to be inclusive of everybody and neutral as Switzerland. Because at the end of the day, now we're, the simplest um, value proposition that we have is a centralized um, unified inbox for all your communication and an outbox, of course, as well. But in the longer term, what we really try to do is create an open source unified communication protocol that everybody and anybody, including developers, can use to build their own inboxes and their own software. And where this, this whole concept of the Internet of Things really is based on a, on a fundamental vision of, well, we need really an Internet of Communications first. But an Internet of Communications needs a an open source available um, protocol, unified communications protocol that is available to us. And I think this is our, this is our play that we want to really um, develop and, and, and where we really want to partner with everybody um, whom we possibly can. Be inclusive, be neutral and be open. And most important, be secure. I think um, along these lines, it's equally important to have the, the data and the privacy in the hands of the user, not in the hands of, you know, any any single um, person or entity's hands. Yeah, yeah actually, um, Sebastian Winkler, who we're talking to from Germany, uh, he was talking about this whole privacy thing. And I'm guessing that if you're dealing with people's communications, then that is quite a sensitive a topic for people and uh, that you, you need to be, um, I guess, open and transparent about what you're doing and your privacy uh, policies and all sort of stuff. Is that an area you think quite hard about? Well, actually, we would be already on the market um, if the NSA stuff wouldn't have happened. So we really rethought the whole concept. And initially, um, our architecture was built in a way where we store everything and everything is in one place. And that was about two years ago, and people really didn't bother. <clears throat> Frankly speaking, they knew 
um, that if something comes for free or, or very cheap, um, they'll be trading it with their privacy. But the real cost of that, which is freedom, um, is is actually is not seen by many. Now, after this uh, Snowden revelations and everything came out, um, people are thinking very differently about this. And even the channel partners that we work with have to quite legally uh, think differently about it. So we changed our architecture in so much as that we are only the service who pulls it everything together, but we are actually not storing the messages. Um, the user can choose um, whom he trusts with his most sensitive um, private um, communication. Even a, uh, So, for example, a, a company could host that in a private cloud. Um, they could outsource that private cloud to a telco or ISP provider, um, to Amazon or to Rackspace or, you know, to anybody whom they personally have a relationship with. Okay, so I'm g- getting the story now that... Uh you are first of all you know as a company you're like the switzerland uh, where yes. you're neutral and uh, you're not trying to build up t- too strong a brand uh, t- so that you get on with your partners and also then you're empowering the users uh, at the end of the day who can d- ultimately decide who they trust more uh, where and, and whether to store messages on on your services or uh, whether that uh, the messages need to be coming onto their own private clouds exactly and and, and I think this is key. I mean, no, I don't believe that any unified communication service will be able to tackle this space without such a concept. You, and also all the partners that we work with, they're really partners. So there's something that we get from them um, and something that we have to be able to give to them as well. And I don't mean by that privacy. Now, also, you are speaking with a community of app developers, and um, I get the sense that you are uh, encouraging developers to play around with uh, your source code, and I'm guessing you have some tools that they can use to uh, actually then incorporate uh, a unified inbox type uh, of uh, service within their own apps. Um, that's our ultimate goal, but Paul, we are not there yet. Um, we need to bring out the, uh, the application as it is first. Um, so that developers can actually see what is there that they can build upon. I will give you an example. Once you have a basic infrastructure of a unified inbox in place, there are a number of integrations that you can do with a CRM system, with ERP, um, with with task management, uh, project management. You can have amazing analytics running on top of this. Um, So... Much like a Gmail ecosystem, but which is purely for email or even not just for email, but Gmail actually, um, we can have our own marketplace on top of unified communications in the future where any developer or even hardware manufacturers can build on top of. Just one idea, just imagine you're driving the car of the future, um, you're on the road and you can have it on autopilot uh, and your whole windscreen becomes a communication dashboard. Somebody's got to build this dashboard and um, whether you use it for a conference call or to check your mails, uh, at the end of the day, um, whoever is building this certainly doesn't want to develop all these channel connections to all the social media channels, to SMS, voicemail, legacy channels, um, email, etc., etc. How easy would it be if they can simply tap into one API um, and get the stuff done? 
and this is really where I think our value will, will come for developers to build upon. Oh, absolutely, Toby. I mean, I'm almost thinking about my own frustrations as well. I mean, uh, again, going back to a lot of these episodes that we've recorded on this show, uh, the big uh, ideas coming out are uh, solve a problem. And uh, ultimately, I can see a massive problem. I mean, just with running this show, uh, did I communicate with uh, the guest on uh, LinkedIn or was it an email or was it on Twitter and direct messages? It's just sometimes you forget and you can't pull back that information and you have to go right. then through all the... It, it, it's a clear and obvious problem that you are uh, solving and it's just uh, long overdue. And I'm guessing the holy grail is where we end up almost being agnostic to the platform when it comes to messaging. So for this is exactly um, one of the reasons we started the, the company. So I mentioned earlier the, the unified communications protocol, right? So this is nothing but um, a routing protocol. So for example, if you, if you start at the moment, if, if you send me a message, you have to decide on the channel. You have to know my address on that channel and we have, sometimes we even have to be connected. You've got to be locked in. Um, and finally, at some point, you can focus on the content. But you also have to be careful on the, on the privacy of the, of, of the, and the nature of the message. Ideally, you would simply say, hey, I want to send Toby a message, and I can now fully focus on the content. And by the way, it's private or public. Right? That's, that's really all that matters. And... Because we are inclusive and not exclusive, we are inclusive of all the channels. We can then say, okay, this guy now currently he's on LinkedIn. He just published an update there. Why don't we deliver it to him there? That person over there just uh, posted something on Twitter and etc. I, I think you get my point. So we would be able to to simply route the message to wherever the other person is currently on in the fastest, cheapest, and securest channel available. Yes, uh, it sounds uh, amazing. And I can't wait for it to come out on the uh, autonomous driving vehicle with the screen board, the screen on the dashboard. I think that would be a, uh, you've just got me excited there thinking about uh, driving the car of the future. <laughs> so, um, Toby, what I was um, going to ask is you've, you've yet to bring out the app. Is that right? Not entirely. I mean, we had about 8,000 people testing the app. From across the globe, um, there are a lot of there's a lot of work to be done. You know, you have different encoding types, you have different messaging types, you have different lengths of messaging that you can send um, on the different channels. You have so many languages. It's it's really it's not a simple problem. It's like people ask for flying cars. Um, this is this is flying communication in that sense. Yeah. Uh, it is really hard. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is. Um, it just takes that much of time. And, um, and if you see how many people tried it in that space and how few are left, um, that tells you everything. And um, so uh, cutting a long story short, yes, it is, it is really difficult. Um, we do have apps out there, but we let people in on an invitation basis only because um, we have to ramp up our back-end services quite a bit. We have some channel partners who have millions of customers that want to come onto the platform in 2015. So when that happens, um, we need to be ready and um, we, we can't really open it up for everybody at this point in time. It's, it's like if, if, if you would build Facebook overnight and have a billion users on that platform, it's just, it's just not possible. You, yeah, you and that, that, that's the reason I actually asked you, Toby, yeah. is that we have uh, a lot of uh, listeners who are really interested in 
the different launch strategies that uh, take place. And what we're getting from you is, and what we can learn is that you want to make sure that this is absolutely right and it, and it can be scalable uh, from the outset. So you have a very focused, uh, uh, almost targeted uh, strategy for uh, people that are using it so that you can get uh, all the feedback and you can iterate. Uh, perhaps you could just spend a couple of minutes talking us through that process because I think we can learn so much from uh, the way you've gone about uh, getting uh, you know, this out, out there? Well, first of all, you, you'd be surprised. Actually, what I did is I connected uh, in, in 2011, I would say, there were most competitors in this unified communication space. Since then, it has died down a bit and most people are focusing on making email better. So it's, it's always anti-cyclic, if you ask me. There is, there is a time when everybody says it's all social media now and 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 this is the time when when people say email is dead but actually uh, investors are investing into email and suddenly a year later out of nowhere you have all these email startups i mean look two years ago just as an example um sparrow was bought by google i don't know for how much maybe 30 million last year um dropbox was bought a uh, uh, dropbox bought a mailbox for i think 100 million so this is email only there is no unified communications nothing so I guess from a, from a launch strategy point of view, we wanted to have something that can stand on its own two feet and be sustainable and doesn't really have to be bought out straight away just, just to make it. And um, because like you said earlier, it's long overdue that somebody solves this problem. So we have to have a strategy that we can actually scale. And by, uh, by partnering with telecom companies, ISPs, hosting partners, um, various other resellers um, that that deal with cloud-based software, we have the ability one by one by one um, to, but at the same time global, um, to very quickly grow to very large numbers. And there is another thing which we, by, by doing this, by having small setups with, with those partners um, and having them trial it internally, is we get a lot of feedback on the diversity of how different cultures and, and different people and different nationalities um, use, use inboxes and, and consider unified communications important versus maybe not so relevant. And so finding those, those points where they say, this is a reason why I would pay for this, is equally important than simply to launch and finding that out later. And um, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm so happy that we caught you at this stage of your journey because uh, I'm guessing that 2015 is building up to be a very busy year for you. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure of that. I mean, I can see that now. All the inquiries we are having, oh, I don't know how to, frankly speaking, I, I don't know how to. <laughs> well, this is it, but this is what everyone listening to is just thrilled because you're at a point in your journey as an entrepreneur uh, where many of us would be, you know, very envious and, and would love to have that position where we've got an extremely busy year ahead of us. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people listening to the show are, uh, you know, we have different stages of uh, where we're at. And uh, it's just so nice to hear from you uh, where it, it could be a, a completely amazing 2015 that blows everything out the water, uh, especially in, and given all the hard work you've had up to this point. Yeah, I, I think this is the, the this could be. I'm not saying it is, but based on what I know, um, it very much could be one of those cases where people say, "Well, I've never heard of you. Um, this is like an overnight success." But they forget that there have been five years that 
not not just me, but a, a number of, of of people in that team, advisors, supporters, investors. They've really been waiting for this, and and you know, channel partners. And I mean, when I look at my team, they sacrificed a lot. Um, many of them have been working. I I was very clear from the beginning. I want to have a team who is who is in it for the you know for the long run and and for that's why I basically said I'm going to give the company away to that team over time um in in the form of of equity options and and shares um but you, you got to sacrifice quite a lot of your salary for that so um finding those people is really difficult but once you find them it's more like a family it's not not your typical um startup where you say after a year if 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 we don't succeed we do something else and it's also not your corporate where if you don't get your bonus uh, you're looking for a better position yes yeah absolutely and uh well there are um, before we say goodbye there's two more things we need to do uh toby with regards to the show uh, one is that we always like to try and give the listeners an an idea for an app they can go out and build and oh. yeah mm-hmm. so uh yeah it sounds to me like you may have an app uh, in your mind that you don't have time to build and uh, perhaps you want to uh, su- suggest a, an app idea for us if you you have one that's great if you don't have one we've got another way of fleshing out an app idea from you <laughs> well um i uh, there are a number of things i always wanted to do quite a number i'll i'll just tell two um and every government should really have this it should be a simple app when you see anything in your country that isn't quite right you should simply be able to press a button for example, I'm walking past this area every day. It always smells like rubbish. Can somebody please come and, and, and check this out? Just as an example, right? Or, or there's always a bump on the road. Maybe it's already there. I, I assume it is, but in, maybe it's not there in your country. So if, if you can make that one happen, um, you do the society, the government, everybody a good service. This is number one. Number two is, this is more personal use. So um, I've been playing around with Google Glass and um, it's very obvious um, what happens when when you would drive with this and you would look at a certain object and it could tell you contextual information about this. So a simple smartphone app where you can take pictures of a of a mushroom or a plant that has healing properties um, or a mountain um, or a a castle and tell you the story about this simply by certain image recognition. If somebody would do this properly, that would also be a nice app I would like to have here. Yeah. Well, Toby, I have to hand it to you because you've just come up with two great ideas and actually we can connect uh, previous episodes with those ideas. We had a a really interesting chat with a founder of a a company which has created a button where you press the button and it performs an action. And I can imagine that the government could buy all that uh, stock and just place those buttons around the country so that when you go past somewhere, you just press a button and, uh, you know, some sort of communication goes directly to whoever needs to know that there's a problem there. (laughs) Well, you know, with a smartphone, you you can take a picture, you can record a sound, you can't obviously record the smell. You don't want that. (laughs) Uh, But you can easily... um, uh, hit any of those buttons and you have gps yeah so yeah but you know we're, we're talking about users here who <laughs> you know like it's just too much effort to do three or four actions you know that's why uh, he's, he's do- it's uh, much easier just to press one thing and uh, mm. uh, i guess that's why they're getting a lot of traction but also we've had a really good chat about google glass as well on episode 201 so uh, you're bringing a lot of stuff together with uh, this series of the app guy podcast so thank you for that no uh, oh we've got to squeeze in this before we say goodbye uh, you know this is the app guy podcast we love talking about apps almost every guest has 
a smartphone within reach. I'm guessing yours is uh, somewhere nearby. Would you be able to just give us one or two apps that you use in your business or day-to-day life that you think would be valuable for us to learn about? Well, certainly Unified Inbox. This is for sure. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, sorry, I'm, and I also, it. is it on your home helps. screen? <laughs> of is it? course. Right. It's on, on, the, on the left bottom corner. <laughs> oh, it's, it's got priority place there. <laughs> it's got a priority place. Uh, the other app I'm actually using, I find it really useful, is Evernote Hello, um, simply because it syncs all my contacts. I, I don't have any physical business cards anymore. This is really useful for me. Uh, um, hang on a minute. So Evan, that's a separate app, app yeah. to Evernote. Yeah, it's a separate app to Evernote. Yeah, that's why I heard a, um, a recent discussion about that, and they're, they're really struggling to uh, tell people about all these other apps that exist out there. And, yeah, uh, I think that- I understand why. Um, it's still a great app, no matter what. <laughs> you know, the thing is, there were a few apps that did this really well, and um, I think one was called Card Munch. Yes, I love Card Munch. Yep, it was only available for iOS, and uh, then LinkedIn bought it and then retired it. Um, I don't know why you would buy a company and then retire it if it does something really great, but whatever be it. <laughs> um, so so that you could migrate your um, Cartmanch data into Evernote Hello, and um, it, it, it works pretty much the same way, except that it is better, um, and it also works for Android. So this is one app that I can recommend. Um, and the other one is Unified Inbox, of course. Great. Two wonderful app uh, recommendations. So uh, if uh, you're listening and you're, you're wondering um, where to uh, get the links to those, just go to theappguy.co and uh, search out episode 206 uh, with Toby, Toby Ruckert and uh, you'll see uh, links to the things that were mentioned and uh, also those apps. Uh, well, Toby, I mean... I think, Paul, before we close, I would like to add one more thing. Some of those apps um, have the potential to become platforms. And um, this is really what, what we want to be at the end. Not, not an app, but a platform. Because this is, this is what I have observed. Even though things start as an app, if they become a platform, they have a destiny in the, uh, in the software space. Well, it, I'm saying, Toby, if you become Evernote, do not forget your friend here at the App Guy podcast. Because Evernote uh, is just one of those apps that I, I really struggle with. It's almost mentioned almost every show. <laughs> and uh, it literally is one, one of the most um, wildly useful apps that I think uh, in 206 episodes seems to be the one that just stands uh, way above. Yeah, and uh, Evernote has an interesting story. I mean, the founder closed it, almost actually planned to close it down when, when one of the users um, nearly overnight sent him the, the money to carry on and became a, one of the first investors. I, I guess, I mean... You know, sometimes these extremely useful apps don't have an easy journey. Yes. And so uh, if uh, to, to all those listening, um, the App Guy podcast is close to closing down. Please send us your money. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I gave you, gave you those <laughs> There must be a very rich donor out there who is willing to uh, su- support the show. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so, so while you're doing this, let me add, we are looking for really super developers very smart investors um, and phenomenal business development people. That's one. You know, actually, Toby, I should. I do have these regular questions at the end, and that seems to be one uh, that that should be at the end. Which is, what are what are your biggest challenges, and what are you what are you looking um, uh, for as well? So, to anyone out there, oh well, how best can we reach out to you then? To all those smart, talented app developers that are listening to this right now, how best to connect? Best connect is um, is simply via LinkedIn or. 
via Twitter or via AngelList or via email, CEO at unifiedinbox.com. You know, I'm going to, I'll put all those links on and I'm guessing that was a, a slightly trick question because I'm guessing it doesn't really matter how to connect to you. You're, you're... Yes, you're right. That's why I'm really, <laughs> really relaxed about it. And you know, the best thing is we have not just unification in our internal app, we have collaboration on top of this. So what, whatever comes into my inbox, I can simply assign it as a task to whoever is um, responsible for that in the team. Oh, that sounds like a, a, a topic for another episode, actually, how you manage your <laughs> <Probably>. inbox. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which, yes. Which I wrote what, a post about this. I will send you the link. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I'll be sure to include that in the show notes. Well, Toby, what a wonderful journey. Um, what an inspirational man you are. And thank you for coming on the App Guide podcast. All the best with your 2015 stellar year that is awaiting you. And uh, I, hope, I hope you have an enjoyable ride with it. Thank you, Paul. And, and thanks for having us on the show.